0: This podcast is part of the A3K Network. For more information, visit www.anime3000.com. Warning. The views and opinions expressed by this producer are not necessarily the views and opinions expressed by Anime3000. Its producers, partners, or affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. Oh man, I'm so glad I won my quarantine suit today. Over there. He's really disgusting.
1: What up, pimps, players, and pain purveyors? This is another episode of the other side, and I am Cody Bayer. I'm
2: Max Face.
1: And before we get started on our subject, I just want to congratulate Super Smash Bros. Melee for being chosen as the extra game to be played at EVO. Not because I have any real attachment to Super Smash Brothers Melee, but because it was competing with Skullgirls. And there's nothing that warms my heart more than to see Skullgirls continue to fail and die. So... Because if Skullgirls had raised enough money and, and bit proven to be popular enough to make it to Evo, I think I would have had to throw up in my mouth for an entire day. So, I just want to congratulate Smash Brothers for making sure that Skullgirls remembers its place.
2: This is how bad it has gotten, people. We'd rather prefer the
1: Smash Facts. Exactly. Because, uh... Skullgirls is that kind of bad where I actually enjoy hating it. I truly do enjoy my hate for Skullgirls. It is a terrible, terrible game. And I I just want to point and laugh at everyone that was pushing for it, all the pseudo-celebrities that were a part of it. I also want to point and laugh at you. Ha ha! You failed. Of course, the uh, breast cancer research people. by the way, isn't that just classy that the charity they pick with breast cancer? You know, you get it? Because boobs. (laughs) You know, but see, we make, we're making breast cancer research cool by calling it "Save the Tatas." See, it's it's, it's a colloquial term for boobies. So you know, we're cool. Like babies, cool, we're cool guys. Um, just want to say haha to all of you. Um, and Aaron Fitzgerald, you know where you can stick your bullshit empowerment.
2: Also, didn't a porn website do the exact same thing?
1: I think. I vaguely know what you're talking about. I just, I thoroughly enjoyed the Skullgirls loss. I am, I am, I am rolling in it. More than I care about the fucking Super Bowl. It just happened. Keep on rolling. Yeah, fucking. It feels good. It's a good day. I mean, it's old news, but I didn't bring it up in the last podcast. I'm bringing it up in this one. I'm a happy boy. I'm a happy widow boy. That Skullgirls failed and sucked and died. Of course, they got enough support where they're like, oh, we're going to release a DLC character, and then it will fade back into nothing where it belongs. Bye-bye, Skullgirls. (laughs) So now moving on to our topic at hand. It's been a while. In fact, not since Alex Berry was the co-host of this show have we done another edition of the Lunatic Loser Exhibition. Indeed. So now that Max is here, I think we should have Max take a crack at the Lunatic Loser exhibition.
2: Because you never run out of morons on the internet.
1: Yes, and there are many. Um and this one's a doozy because this one we have two fan comic authors, artists, um Much like myself, they do their own little internet comics, but unlike myself, they're less focused on making something entertaining and appealing and enjoyable, and more focused on wish fulfillment. And then one guy who is so many levels of crazy. We just had to bring him to you, folks.
2: Yeah. He's
1: a very, very
2: special guy. Oh,
1: so special. So uh, first, <laughs> because you're crying, because you're so damn sad. Indeed. Um, so I think first we'll start, we'll, we'll go in ascending order of crazy. Now, anyone who grew up in the 90s, including myself, is familiar with a little cartoon by the name of Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. You know, for those who didn't see it, it was a mildly entertaining little adventure show. Uh, not the best thing Disney had going on out, you know, in that era. Uh, especially- The <laughs> Dockwing that- Duck. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um I mean, this- it, it was in the same- I think it was pre-Gargoyles, but in the same Disney Afternoon era. And, uh, it was okay, but it- uh, unlike some of those other shows, it d- doesn't hold up as well when you grow up.
2: The Donald Duck uh, cartoons pretty much tainted any enjoyment I could have derived from it, because I hate those fucking bastards.
1: You're just pissed off at Der Fugler's face. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> you know, Chip and Dale weren't in them. That was a cheap shot, and I apologize, Mac. Um, but Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers was basically Chip and Dale from the cartoon. Shorts are now... They have new personalities and shirts... And instead of have, being
2: gigantic assholes.
1: They were assholes in those old cartoons. Jesus Christ. Yes they were. <laughs> they were pricks. Uh now they're not pricks. Now they're rescue rangers. They help people. Uh and they got they got some friends. They got Monterey Jack, a big old Australian guy who loves cheese. Monterey Jack was fun. And uh and they had a little pet fly zipper. And they had Gadget. And Gadget whew that uh a beautiful disaster, that one.
2: Since she came out, she made furries the world over cream
1: their pants. Yeah, see, the thing about Gadget is, Gadget has enraptured the hearts of many geeks and losers. To the point, and this is true, there is a cult in Russia that worships her. They have rituals and everything. Look it up, people. There is a cult that worships Gadget From Rescue Rangers. God's honest fucking truth.
2: Still better than Scientology, though.
1: Yeah, makes more sense, too. But, see, the thing about Gadget... Uh, As someone that learned character design and aesthetics and all that shit, and Lord knows I've reminded you folks enough, but, you know, like Stan Lee says, everyone's somebody's first episode or issue or whatever, so... But as someone who knows something about that, I kind of get where this came from. This has always fascinated me because of how much fervor there is behind this character. It's always been – it's like kind of bio-fascination. I feel like all those uh, psychologists that uh, keep interviewing uh, Charles Manson just so fascinated by this train wreck. Um, Basically, when the designers were designing her, they had some things in mind. Uh, they were, they wanted, you know, to her to be cute because, uh, you know, just for, have a cute character and a little girl character. And you had Chippendale sort of vying for her affection. So that, you have to, when you have a character that guys are fighting over, you've got to make the audience buy it. Um, and when that happens, there are little things you do. There are sort of triggers in our minds that react to certain aesthetics uh, and artists know that, and they use that to invoke this, that, and the other on you. Yeah, I'm not just talking about obvious shit like putting skulls on a bad guy. There are th- uh, visual things that we find visual appealing, visually appealing in the opposite sex uh, that say to us that that so and so is pretty and feminine or whatever. Uh, they will use this in every in everything. That's if you look at uh, Balto, the girl dog in Balto has some of these features that they use. They're not trying to get you to be attracted to the dog, but they're trying to get you to have, although that does happen, but we'll get into that. But they're trying to get you to have that immediate reaction where your brain registers, not only is that one female, that one is pretty. So say another character says, wow, look how pretty she is. There's. It does not break the suspension of disbelief where your brain goes, what? You, know, it, you get the visual cues that say, this character's pretty. So that's, this wouldn't happen with Gadget. <clears throat> but it, it would happen. Oh, go on. What did you yeah, saying?
2: Someone should have told Stephanie Meyer all that. <laughs> it would have helped.
1: Or the uh, casting
2: director. Because <laughs> goddamn, what the, what were they doing? Like, Kirsten Stewart, really? With the dead mannequin eyes and everything?
1: Well, she, well, on the surface, she's pretty. It's just that she seems to be dead inside and enjoy, enjoys the taste of her bottom lip. Yeah. Um, but... With Gadget they were going they were trying to make her cute and pretty so that when you got Chip and Dale fighting for her, it makes sense. And since she's a good guy, you also make her cute so that you'll like her at first glance. Um This all makes sense. It's she is a cute character. Um can't really say I want to bone her, but just uh neutrally I could say cute. Nothing wrong with that. What,
2: you don't think mice are the hottest thing ever?
1: <laughs> And uh you'd think that uh she would be an example of, see, that is a well-designed character. Interesting looking. You don't see that a lot, kind of character a lot. You, you go in for a cute character, and there you, do, here you go. But what happened was it almost worked too well. Because what happened was uh it, it created legions of these geeks that are obsessed with her. Because... And it's kind of – this fascinates the hell out of me. What happens is when you have, like, a, say, a super nerd or a geek or whatever, and they are socially stunted, what happens is it's sort of that desperation. It's similar to jailhouse gay where if you're not receiving contact with a woman, you will turn, will become gay to compensate for the lack of companionship. This is kind of derivative of that where if you're not getting contact with flesh-and-blood humans and especially members of the opposite sex – what happens is your brain responds to those triggers differently. Rather than your brain accepting that they're pretty, you accept that they're pretty in the same way you would see a normal human being as pretty. Like some of those uh, barriers of disbelief start to break down, especially in autistics, which is, you know, everybody knows autistics, they obsess. And they they sort of view uh, their, the things that they focus on as like not only very important, but their reality so it's very fascinating to me that these barriers break down and they will see like the dog from balto as hot the dog from balto is not hot it's just that they gave her features that are inherent that we find attractive so that we would acknowledge uh that as the pretty girl dog you're not supposed to get a boner But because certain people are so lonely, these barriers that are in normal people have broken down, and now they're seen as hot. It's a fascinating process. And the reason I went into all of this is because a delightful little look into what happens when those barriers break down and you have someone obsessed over gadget as many sad son of a bitches do is you have the first entry in our lunatic loser ex- exhibition chris fisher m- known primarily for his magnum opus of mice and mayhem get it it's a literary reference yeah i'm smart of, <laughs> of mice and mayhem is a super hilariously melodramatic Chippendale's Rescue Ranger fan comic. Picking up where the TV show left off, it's a chip and gadget hookup fan fiction in comic form. This thing is heavily revered by sad people. Um, yeah.
2: Which is, uh, and on TV tropes.
1: Yeah, which called it the greatest, what was it, how do they put it? It's
2: like the greatest fan work in the entire community or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, the
1: greatest. Uh, piece of fiction or something ever produced in the Rescue Rangers fandom up there with some Rescue Rangers fanfic, which one day I want to read because I know it will be horrible and hilarious. Um, The Rescue Rangers fandom is kind of insane. Yeah. Uh, And this is an example of it because this is like their big thing. Uh, the Rescue Rangers fandom is out of their mind. Um, It's pretty much all encompassing of people that were just again, the walls broke down and they fell in love with Gadget.
2: The entire plot of this goddamn comic is actually just a flimsy excuse for Gadget and Chip to hook up.
1: Yeah, and it goes beyond a flimsy excuse for them to hook up, though, because it is ever so bizarre and melodramatic as fuck.
2: Yeah. Here, try to wrap your head around this, people, and we didn't make this up at all. The quote-unquote plot is that Gadget is trapped by the government and the CIA makes her an assassin and she kills some dictator in some foreign land and then she's u- supposed to be used to assassinate the president of the United States. Yes, that happens. And she has like a shaved head.
1: For most of it, yeah. Um, I, basically, if if you want to get a good... The the best way to get a good laugh out of this is to see a lot of the melodramatic shit while listening to the Rescue Rangers theme song. That... A laugh and a half, people. I gotta find uh, a link to where this thing is archived now because people gotta read this shit. It's... The artwork is atrocious. I mean, it is delightfully atrocious because every page, someone's making a face (laughs) of... uh, That is just amazing. Especially Chip. Yeah. Has an assortment of rape faces in every page he's in. The romantic lead is constantly looking like Light Yagami's about to jump Misa and have his way with her. <laughs> That's what it looks like. His face, every damn time. <laughs> yeah,
2: and when he's crying, it's like this over-the-top orgasmic expression.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm so sad. Oh.
1: Uh, If anyone's seen Animaniacs and the sketch that was really funny and probably the only really good slappy cartoon was the one where, uh, Skippy saw the Bambi knockoff and after Bambi's mom died, he would just burst in tears, loud crying every time someone said Bambi, it was called in the short. And like every time uh, someone said Bambi's mom, he'd go, Bambi's mom! I I want that Skippy's sobbing to be looped over every dramatic scene or anytime someone's crying <laughs> in this fucking comic. Every time there's some dramatic scene, we're supposed to feel bad. Gadget's missing. We're sad. We can't find her. Maybe she's dead. No, don't give up hope. <laughs> Bumbi's
3: mom.
2: Ugh. Also, the red-nosed chipmunk is now, uh, has now also a girlfriend with this one bad thing who's apparently a gypsy.
1: Yeah, see, there was a bat in in one episode of Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, and it looked like they were gonna maybe, like, like, cause Chip and Dale were always fighting over Gadget, so it looked like they are gonna have a thing where the bat girl liked Dale, so I guess Chip could have Gadget, and Dale could have the bat girl. I don't know. It, it, the show was pretty much, that was the last episode, so. <laughs> um, so this comic kinda ran with that, that Dale hooked up with the bat, and then Chip and Gadget. And this, I, this thing really needs to be seen to be believed. It is batshit bonkers. But lord, it takes itself so seriously. I mean, the cover is just this, like, trying to be a movie poster thing, and it's just so stupid. Again, play the Rescue Rangers theme song during this shit.
2: Yeah, you don't know hilarious until you've seen a bunch of mice holding a funeral for Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone
1: in suits and looking somber. And the, the the romance shit, not only is it poorly written, which, who didn't see that coming, but it is so full of itself, and there's a reason for that. But I'm going to get into that when I get into some other stuff, because it encompasses the overall thesis of our friend Chris Fisher. The, but, yeah, it is so just, I mean... I can't repeat this enough. It is just taking itself so fucking seriously. This Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers comic. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers.
2: Oh no, they're going to assassinate the president. We'd better
1: do something. In Chip and Dale's. Rescue Rangers I'm surprised
2: that wasn't rape
1: These two Gumshoes Are picking up the slack Or however it goes Rescue Rangers Dramatic Damn
2: (laughs) I didn't even like the show And even I feel insulted
1: (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I can say That I really liked about the show I liked the characters Like they were a fun group it was a fun little bunch. Uh, they, they it was that was pretty much it. It was dumb fun. It, it's one of those shows. It like nostalgia helps it. You could watch it to feel like a kid again. If you ever wanted to watch it, you know, when you're grown up. But it's like I said, it's no Darkwing Duck. It's no Steven Spielberg cartoon. It's no fucking gargoyles or Batman or any of that shit. It's not one of those things you can watch as an adult and say, hey, this is still entertaining. I'm enjoying this uh uh-huh. but i mean i i it doesn't deserve this it certainly doesn't deserve this
2: that again nobody does
1: <laughs> i mean there's not I, I there's so little i can say but so much to talk about in that thing uh, like, uh, so, for
2: example, the best and most me- uh, best scene in the melodramatic department is like when, when this one guy from the CIA has like this giant sniper rifle with the tranquilizer darts and has it like at not even one meter in front of like gadget and tries to shoot her with it and Chip just goes spread eagle with his arms and jumps in front of her to take the shot and gets <laughs> pierced by the entire fucking dart yeah. <laughs> and doesn't die.
1: It's like, and it was funny, Futurama did that scene, and they knew that you had to make it funny. I mean, the
2: dart was almost as big as he was.
1: <laughs> and and even
2: if the dart itself didn't kill him, the, the, the tranquilizer sure would have done it, because that shit was meant for fucking elephants.
1: But he's the main character, so see, he survives unscathed and unscarred. Yeah.
2: So Gadget saves him through the power of love.
1: And, uh, again, with that horribly awful art, the, the scene where the, the sniper is, like, then attacked, the face he makes yeah. will live on in my memories. I will, if, if ever I'm feeling blue, I'll just think back to that sniper's face yeah. and his horrible anatomy, and I will laugh.
2: This entire comic is just, like, the perfect, uh, perfect place to harvest reaction gifts.
1: It really is. Every page has a reaction image you can use. Also, all you guys that like to use reaction images on forums, just thumb through this thing. You'll find a plethora. You'll find so many rape faces alone coming out of Chip. (laughs) I'm I'm afraid for Gadget. Poor Gadget. She deserved better than that. Yeah, I'm going to get you.
2: And then they fuck.
1: But I love the uh, I just want to point out one of the early pages is always makes me laugh. He tries to do a close up of a tear coming out of Chip's eye. Yeah, that thing. But it looks like his eye is taking a dump or laying an egg or something. He's forcing out this glob. Yeah <laughs> Oh god. Oh I had a little eye baby. Oh man. That's like the next step from Mpreg. Yeah.
2: And they were calling uh, the CIA guys were calling gadget map.
1: Mouse Assassin Project. <laughs> I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map. Dory the Explorer got dark. But uh yeah, and they fuck. There's a not in the comic, but the the author drew a little side picture. Oh, of course. It? Little it's a long thing. It's like a tall ass image. It's this extended scene where what is it? Uh, it's like Gadget sitting naked on a swing in the moonlight, and Chip sees it, and then they... There's no dialogue, it's already... Um, this is romance, damn it, This isn't porn. And they don't say there's no dialogue, and they just have a tender moment. They kiss, and they fuck.
2: Yeah. And what's and really funny is they actually look like how Disney would probably portray these animals naked.
1: Yeah, like, normally when a furry draws a... Uh, character like this, like Gadget or something naked. They humanize them and make them anatomically correct. Which makes sense. You're, you're, this is porn, you're naked with nipples and titties and vagina and you want to jack off. This guy doesn't. Uh, This guy makes it like if Disney did draw Gadget naked, this is how she would look. Feminine, but featureless. And still very visibly a mouse. Somehow that's worse. Like, that actually kind of makes it worse, because the more you think about it, first it baffles your mind, but then the more you think about it, the further your brain turns the cogs. It gets ickier and ickier and ickier.
2: Bestiality.
1: Yeah, it's bestiality, and it's like, you want it to be innocent? Do you? Why? You gotta get it as accurate as possible? Or it's not really her. Because, and he's got... Quite a bit. This guy's actually drawn several adult images. Guess what they all are. Every single one of them.
2: Hmm, this is tough. Uh, Monterey Jack, maybe.
1: (laughs) Nope. It's all either gadget or chip and gadget. Uh, At least, like, in the last episode of Lunatic Loser Loser Exhibition, we talked about Jay Naylor. At least Jay Naylor has done porn of different things including his own things this guy is just z- zeroed in on chip and gadget and mainly gadget and he's also re- released uh sketches he see he's doing a sequel he's been working on a sequel people i hope you're prepared and it's called of course of mice and mayhem 2 probably will have a dramatic subtitle um and He released a shitload of sketches. Guess what they all are. You guessed it. Chip and Gadget. All of it. Like, this guy apparently is never in the mood to draw anything else.
2: Do you think there might be a pattern developing here? (laughs)
1: Like, literally, it's a shitload of art, and it's either Gadget or Chip and Gadget. Oddly enough, rarely ever is it Chip by himself. It's just Gadget or Chip and Gadget. So, it's all it is, and there's so much of it.
2: Chip's existence only has value as long as he's tagging along with Gadget.
1: Yeah, you see, this guy obviously... This ties in well, So this is why I brought up the little uh, psychological thing I talked about earlier. This guy obviously has the problem I described earlier. He had like, see what happens is a lot of kids will have a childhood crush on a cartoon character. It happens. You're you know you're developing. You still got that imagination and puberty's hitting you, but ever so gradually. I'm not going to judge. It happens to so many people. It's just part of growing up. You get a cartoon crush. Um. But – and there are quite, quite, quite a few kids who grew up in that era whose cartoon crush was Gadget. Um, Again, it was that kind of just – it was a perfect storm of things with her design. Even as uh, someone who knows character design, there's a lot of little things I can spot that they did right. It it was uh, – even just proportionally, and I don't mean like proportions like figure – I'm talking little things like eye shape to head size to nose size to mouth size ratio to hair size to all that stuff. The mathematics that go into designing a character because there's actually quite a bit that goes into designing a character that most people don't know about. And you can tell that they don't know about it when they try. Um, So there's a lot of things that I could say, you know, those guys got it right. That was a successful fucking design, and it shows in the reaction this character got, again, cult. Uh, and because of this, uh, you have all these little kids that had a little cartoon crush on her. But normal people grow out of that. The people that have, the, that are either autistic or emotionally stunted, they don't. And this guy, he don't. Uh, this guy is so, I mean, pretty much, my guess is, now, I could be wrong here. Usually I'm pretty damn sure when I make these assessments. But there's like one of a couple things that could be the case here. This is the one I'm banking on, putting my money behind. That Chip, for him, is just a conduit, a blank slate he can write himself onto. Because this story of Mice and Mayhem is not a gadget and Chip romance story. It is a gadget and Chris Fisher romance story. <laughs> This this is my now there is a couple other things that could fit, factor in uh, maybe Chip's his favorite character he is living through Chip that is undeniable but it could be that Chip maybe is his favorite favorite character or the one he thinks is the most likely but my guess is he because Chip had like the least personality of the group because he was just the leader uh he's using Chip as a blank slate I mean all he did
2: in the comic really was like either cry or be like gadget no
1: yeah, he was just there for Gadget. It was all about Gadget. Because Gadget is the focus. Because Gadget is Chris Fisher's imaginary girlfriend. That's why all the shit he draws is Chris and Gadget. See? I just said Chris and Gadget. It slipped. It's a foignant slip of the truth. It's Chip and Gadget. in his uh, fucking production art even was like fucking Chip and Gadget all the way up to them getting married and growing old together. And he even drew fat old Chip and Gadget. Like... This is just him in a vicarious fantasy relationship with Gadget. That's the point of this story. That's the purpose of it. Because that, I can't imagine drawing nothing but that. You see, I, you know, I've got Cloud Scratcher. I, I've, Lord knows I've advertised it enough, and I will never stop advertising it. Everybody go read Cloud Scratcher. Um, I have a production book where I've drawn, like, character design sketches of characters that appear in the future. And I've, like, done little side sketches of, like, characters in, like, alternate outfits. and – you know, maybe without their hats on or whatever. And I've drawn, like, characters that become couples later on. I've drawn them together in, like, future scenes of, like, fights with the bad guy that haven't happened yet. You know, because when you have a story in your head, you have it all in your head. And it's that, almost that you ha- your the later events are pent up inside. You just want to make them happen now, but you can't because of story progression. So you kind of relieve yourself by sketching a little something you know and that's it happens i mean i'm sure everybody who who does comics does that you know like, like hey. aha
2: so who's your fantasy girlfriend it's a little <laughs> snake girl isn't it
1: no no don't don't involve Ixia in this shit leave her alone it's just a cute little snake girl don't drag her into this shit um <laughs> leave um, Britney alone <laughs> uh but i'm like i i understand i mean like if I get like I'm thinking of like a real like a real climactic battle I can't wait to do I'll just draw a little thing there's a bad guy and one of the good guys and it's a scene from that fight and is there or when this one character is introduced that I really like I just want to draw that character because I really like that character but they don't appear for like three more storylines so I just want to draw them doing something from that storyline because I just really want to draw that moment because it's just ah it's pent up so you gotta just, and I totally get that and again even the rom- romance scenes because it's just if you get, you got a really good scene you're like oh, I can't wait to write this and you pop that on there and you get it out of your system
2: if it doesn't have bad crying with rape faces in it then I'm not interested
1: <laughs> but to draw nothing nothing but chip and gadget especially like it's already on its face fucked up but coming from someone like me that gets where it comes from it becomes more fucked up because I know a writer slash artist does this to vent things like stories they want to tell, moments they want to share, whatever. I know that. So knowing that, then I know all he has that he can focus on and think about is the romance scenes. I could not imagine drawing nothing but the romance scenes unless I'm in the middle of drawing the panels in the romance scene i can't imagine doing nothing but little side sketches of romance scenes or just the characters together or just one or two characters i get eventually you get And what about all the other characters there's no other cool scene with anyone else chip and gadget are the only ones that have memorable scenes you have no main antagonist you might just want to draw looking threatening you have no funny character you might not want to just you don't want to draw muggin you you don't have anything else that is in you, that you want to express, the only thing you have to express is Chip and Gadget. You can't get over them, and you drew, like, their life together, like, here's some adventures, and now they're married, and now they're old. You are obsessed, sir! You have an issue! You have a problem! Seek help!
2: We all know it's just about the romance, who cares a shit about any of that other garbage?
1: <laughs> so, um...
2: Story is for faggots.
1: like i can 't even fathom that because when I write, I think of the audience i don 't write to to for, i can't even uh, i can 't even fathom wish fulfillment. I would feel bad doing that. I would feel like sick to my stomach, like I could never release this to the public if I did that yeah. didn 't he like draw this in two years or something? yeah, he drew it, but then he released it all at once he didn 't release it in increments. Yeah, is, especially yeah. I mean, two years, and this is what the artwork looks like. Well, to be fair, because I'm a fair man, he can draw better now. Uh, his sketches for Mice and Mayhem 2 show that he has learned to draw. But, yeah, but, all he but still, draw- I mean, if you're
2: if you're this, let's be over generous here and call it dedicated to <laughs> this entire thing. Uh, wouldn't you say? Hmm, this scene kind of looks like Chip is taking a dump in the plane. Maybe I should do this a little bit better.
1: Even, let's say you don't go back and fix it. You would at least learn from that and make future pages and panels not look like ass. Yeah, but apparently not. See, again, I can't fathom how you do this. I look at my own work. I look at early Cloud Scratcher pages like, ah, man, I didn't do so good there. I better draw it better this time. With, May the eyes should be this shape and this distance. I got to get the, kind of make it more static and feel like a solid object. I, you know, critique. You learn and you try to improve. And again, I can't understand writing your own wish fulfillment because you know what it's like as, as a writer. I'm going to tell you how this feels. When you when you express something, when you when you write something and then give it to an audience, that's like you going out and doing something. You're putting on a show through your words and your story. So when you do wish fulfillment like this, it's like like you wouldn't go out to the store in a ridiculous cosplay or something like that. Like you wouldn't go out and do something sh- like crazy in public because that's like that's you. That's how you're presenting yourself. To the general public. So when – like, so when you write a story, at least something like me, someone who isn't fucked up, when you write a story like that, you might – you'll, of course you're going to put some things in there that appeal to you. I mean I'm a music nut. There's like every, every fucking – except for the first one, every title page uh, – cover page in Cloud Scratch has been an album cover reference. I throw things in there for me, but I'm still thinking of the audience. Will they enjoy this? Is this paced well so that the audience will be interested? Uh, do I think they will enjoy this? Uh, if I really want to do something, how do I do it in a way that will make the audience like it too? you got to think about the audience because you're putting yourself out there. If you put out garbage, you're just humiliating yourself. So then why would you put out this blatant wish fulfillment unless you have something – and this goes into my overall thesis – that Chris Fisher has something seriously wrong with him. He is living out a fantasy relationship, possibly because he will never have a real one, and it's sad and frustrating. Because, I again, it's I, I'm I'm an I'm an idiot. I think about things. I shouldn't think about these things, but I do. And when I try to think about and understand them, it just makes me more baffled and more, hate more.
2: But so, like the Maltese Necronomicon.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it will read too deep into it, and it will. Burn your brain, but uh, I, and again, it's I, I bring. I'm one of the reasons aside from the whole what I would do versus what he would do. One of the reasons I keep bringing up my comics. My comic is inspired by the com- the cartoons I grew up with, and this is well a fan fiction of one of the cartoons I grew up with, and it's shitting on my childhood, and I do not appreciate it. I don't appreciate having my childhood shat on. I don't like it. I don't like what you're doing, sir. I won't have it. I won't have it in my house. But uh, now that I've gotten, we've gotten all that out of the way, because like I said, I could go on with this comic forever, but it's hard because I know a lot of the readers haven't read it. Like this is the kind of thing like you riff, you know what I mean? Like it's hard, it's hard to spend a lot of time talking about it. It's easy to spend a lot of time dissecting the motherfucker behind it. But the comic itself, it's hard to spend a lot of time talking about it. But you can go panel by panel, page by page. You just have a field day. There's so much to work with. Um, so I recommend everybody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a link. If I forget to link it, I'll, uh, someone reminded me. I'll link in the comments. If I forget to sh- give Sean Russell a link to it, but I gotta link it. Uh, this thing needs to be read. People, you gotta see this shit. It's crazy. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's a laugh and a half. You gotta see it. You gotta see it. So now that we've g- gotten that out of the way, let's move on to our next. Subject And it's another comic By another author that we can fucking dissect Max, could you introduce this one to him?
2: Ah, yes The comic which we're talking about is called My Life with Phil And it's done by some guy who calls himself uh, Ken or whatever But apparently his real name is actually Alonzo Fernandez I guess that wasn't cool enough So, he needed an alternate name.
1: Sounds like someone that would be like an actor on Mundo Fox.
2: (laughs) So, in a nutshell, what my life with Fell is about is blatant wish fulfillment with his own self-insert character, like in the most blatant way possible, being together with his cat girl character. And she's apparently some genetic experiment to create assassins by the government. (laughs) Because, uh, just because...
1: The the now that I it just dawned on me how similar these two comics are. I mean, holy shit! I know. Right? Um, this thing is even more blatant wish fulfillment than of Mice and Mayhem. At least of Mice and Mayhem had the pretense that it was part of an epic story. This is just oh my wacky hijinks having a cat girl girlfriend, but she loves the hell out of me and I love the hell out of her. Yeah, and she
2: really loves porn and, you know, sex and
1: everything he likes. This is, I mean, good God, this is sad to look at. You feel bad reading this. It's not funny. It tries to be funny. It is so very not funny. He,
2: He actually refers to her as his waifu in one comic.
1: Yeah, um... It is, this is just literally, it is pretty much just, read this comic about me and my fantasy girlfriend. And good lord, a lot of people do. Oh my god. So many people do. Um, So many people do. It hurts <laughs> that this thing's popular. Because, I mean, well, it's obviously like the, the reader people reading it are vicariously living through him and having her as their fantasy girlfriend but yeah she's a fantasy girlfriend she has no character other than all the traits that would be awesome for a made-up girlfriend to have uh, look she's wacky and likes anime hooray yeah this is like all the traits that someone who's scared of meeting a real woman and has to make sure the woman is exactly like them and meets all the perfect criteria would have because I, I don't think these, these – are, these are self-involved nerds that don't realize a real relationship uh, will develop both you and the other person. Your differences and your similarities will come together and you will build as people and it's a beautiful fucking thing. But you wouldn't know that because you don't know what it's like to be in a real relationship. You just make a pretend cat girls and write comics about your fantasy life because you're fucking sad and nobody loves you. <laughs> This is, I mean, my life with Fel is just like, it is up there with body pillows in the zenith of sad. Yeah. The guy that made this thing is failed. And I don't mean failed in that geeky internet term. I mean, I have always contended that there is almost a, life is almost like some kind of competition or game or whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's objectives, there's goals, there's success, but there's also kind of a g- game over state, but you don't get any continues in the game over of life. And I don't just mean like dying or, you know, becoming a junkie or whatever. I mean like that kind of social, you're like your social life is like a game, your, your status as a person, your status. And once you do certain things, it's game over. You're done. You're out. It's like a schoolyard game. You're out. You're gone. Game over. Buying a body pillow with a girl on it. Because I, I, I actually didn't know for a long time because of these fucking things that body pillows without girls on it were a thing, that they were an actual like orthopedic thing. I did not know that because the, the sad body pillows were so prevalent. But uh, yeah, body pillows w- with the girls on them, if you buy one – you failed. In fact, it's fun. Just to go to an anime convention, watch all the guys carrying body pil- body pillows. And you think, game over, dude. You just want you want to follow the man of the game over sound. Like, game over, yeah. That thing from that one game, Sega Rally or something. they walk. They, like I, I want to hang out like at a fucking uh, anime convention, like at the uh, the dealer's room next Oticon, with like a little uh, sound machine thing, whatever. I would get like a yak, ba- not a yak bag. It's not loud enough, but some little thing the speaker. Every time someone purchases a body pillow, I just want to press a button. And goes game over, yeah. Just a little signal that they lost. They just, they just lost right then and there. They know. They would know the moment that they got a game over, right there. Buying that body pillow, walking around with it. And I love when they just carry it around the fucking convention like it ain't no thing. Yep. I'm sad. What? What you gonna do? What of it? I'm proudly displaying my sadness. <laughs> See, that's something you tuck into something. You put it at like in a in a fucking duffel bag. Oh, this is my uh, this is my gear. Like, you don't tell anybody there's a body pillow in there. You you hide that shit. You don't let everybody... Hey, look. Guess what I'm gonna be doing tonight? That's right, crying. <laughs> it's
2: my special equipment.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna be crying into this thing. Game over. Yeah. Uh. But that's pretty much this
2: you guy. Just needs that sound effect from Mario. <laughs>
1: yeah, I want to have, like, a soundboard of Game Over or Death Noises and play that whenever... Play one whenever someone buys a body pillow, like... <laughs> uh, or that kind of shit, or, like, the, the Sim- Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Game Over. Bang, he's going to play that shit when someone purchases one. Because... <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. You lose, and that's this guy. That's the level he's at. He probably owns a body pillow
2: of fell. <laughs> he probably would probably sell some.
1: <laughs> I want. I actually want to know now if there are some because he's got a store. Yeah. Be-
2: I don't know if there's body pillows of that, but I do know he has drawn his own porn. Oh yeah, of course. With his and, own character, of course. Of,
1: of course, it's, it's 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 intimate moments with his made-up girlfriend. Indeed. Sad. I can't imagine living that sad life. I cannot imagine yeah. like like if you want to like any intimacy you have takes like so long because you got to draw it and color it, and it's like this fantasy life. And then like you just have to kind of escape reality into this fantasy life with this girl, but you can't really escape reality. You're in it, so you get dragged back into your miserable, lonely existence for so long, just. Retreating into your daydreams while you have to just trudge through life, this husk, this sack—that is, I, uh, that is just some shit. I can't even imagine doing that, going through that. It's just like being a brony. <laughs> Maybe worse, because this is like you've created a life for yourself. It's more, more than just being in some sad group of shits. This is like some. This is new levels. This is like ah, I can't even imagine. It's like I don't want to imagine because it's depressing. I just I'm just thankful that's not me. I'm thankful I have my life and my friends and you know my ability to to converse with the opposite sex. You know I I'm happy for that because I, I I can't imagine being in my life with Phil, dude. I can't imagine it. It hurts hurts to think about. It's like like if you read a news story and you hear like what happened like something horrible thing that happened to a victim, you can't imagine what it must be like to have been in their shoes and you don't want to. The second you might even think of it, you're like, "No, don't do that. Just be happy that you're that you're good and that you're fortunate enough not to be in that situation." That's how I feel about this guy. Like I feel fortunate and better about my life cuz I'm not him. I don't live with a fantasy girlfriend and have to retreat There's some fantasy world where everything's cool for me while I fucking have to escape my pathetic reality. It's... That's this guy. That's what he does. It's his life. But... Yeah. the, the, The implications aside, now that we've gotten all that out of the way.
2: Yeah. It's probably time to talk about the actual content, and oh my god, is it a doozy.
1: Yeah, this thing... Well, first of all, it thinks It's funny keyword things. It's not. Uh every pretty pretty much like every punchline is like an internet meme or something like that. Some yeah, or sex. Yeah, it's an internet meme or sex. And that's it. I mean, it's pretty much just either troll face or oh dear, she tackled me. She really wants it. Oh boy, her her aggressiveness is a handful. She's a doozy.
2: Yeah, or if you're really lucky it'll be something like, "Oh, she's in a mate outfit."
1: Oh, I'm having a reaction. End of comic strip. In my pants. My punchline is my boner. Like That's your your funny man. I mean...
2: Well, I guess it sort of is a punchline.
1: Yeah, I mean, fuck. Saturday morning breakfast who? Uh, I don't even guess. This right here. This is funny comic right here. Anime what club? Oh, this right here. This is where the laughs are to be found here with my life with fell that's where hey, i get my, that's where i get my giggles my guffaws are had here i don't need nothing else sir i don't need no fucking robin Elliot. nope nope shit throwing that away don't need it end it anyway it's over that's that's yesterday's news my life with fell is today this is the new generation of giggles i will drag this out as long as possible just to thoroughly encapsulate how dumb it is to like and enjoy and find anything in this thing but the artwork in this is decent actually um varies like you could tell there are some things he's not adept at doing some poses he can't do um some angles he's not too good at but outside of those dude ain't bad which I can't tell whether it makes more or less sad that he's a competent artist but he's also pretty lazy about it. Yeah, Um one of the things that gets me... See, Fel, being a cat girl, has a tail. A striped tail. Her tail has stripes on it. Sometimes her tail just has stripes on it. Because his tail is supposed to have actual stripes on it. Sometimes he will just, and I swear to God, write the word stripes on her tail. At When I first saw this comic... I thought that was—it's was actually on her tail. Like that was a joke. Like she's got stripes on her tail. <laughs> she's got the word stripes. No, it's just that he's lazy. So instead of drawing stripes, he writes the word stripes. I what, that made my brain pop a little bit.
2: That's like new levels of say lazy.
1: I can't even. How do you do that? I mean. God, I've trained to draw professionally to make money, and you don't do that. you you, If I did that, if I, like, did, but I didn't feel like drawing a texture, so I just wrote the name of the texture, I'd get fired on the spot. I wouldn't make a dime off my drawing. It's art. right, Right now, I'm doing album art. Um... I'm currently drawing album art for an underground hip hop artist. I won't say who yet, and I won't get into anything any of that yet until the album's out. Uh but like I only album art is like a sandy ground. If I just turned in the album art to him where I didn't feel like drawing the specks of the sand, so I just wrote the word sand on the ground, he'd say fuck this shit. Say, fuck you, fuck your crappy art, I'll get someone that knows what they're doing. Just write sand. Why'd you put sand? I don't understand. What is that? Why'd you just write sand on the ground? Well, it'd take a lot of time to actually draw the sand, so I just decided to cut out the middleman. I mean, you know there's sand there because I wrote it. Get out. I can't go anywhere. This is an email conversation. Get out of my inbox. (laughs) <laughs> See, fucking, what do you fucking, who the fuck? Who does that? <laughs> just writes the texture name. <laughs> like if I'm trying to, like I'm drawing, like there's some bones on the cover. And I just on the bone, uh, the bones are supposed to be like bumpy looking, so I just wrote on the bones bumpy. <laughs> Did someone like, come with a magic marker Write bumpy on the bones? No, they're supposed to be bumpy I didn't feel like drawing all the bumps I wonder
2: what's next I might as well do like a stick figure And then write there guy And have an arrow point to it
1: There's <laughs> another stick figure with cat ears And it says fell pointing yeah. to
2: <laughs> Or just make a smaller stick figure And I just write lolly on it <laughs> gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be totally rich I'm gonna be the greatest lollicon artist ever
1: But here's what really gets me and again, I can bring this from a perspective of somebody that actually does shit like this. Stripes on a tail? You can't do stripes on a tail, people listening that don't draw. I don't think y'all understand how easy it is to draw stripes on a tail. Okay, a tail is a thin object, right? Stripes are just pretty much what you just do with a line. Just. I would say, let's say she has a, a lot of stripes on her tail, and just an average size. I'm just kind of. Right now, you know, what? I'm going to get a piece of paper. Right now, I'm going to show you how dumb this is. I'm going to get a piece of paper. I got a piece of paper right here. I'm gonna, hold, right one sec. Let me get turn around. You get my pencil. This is the pencil that I use to draw that I used to draw my comic and my professional works. This is my my good pencil. So I'm going to draw. I'm going to draw. tail. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make this tail look good. I'm, gonna, I'm you know, take some time, give it some shape, give it a little curve at the end there. Make this a big tail. because you know, I'm assuming this is like a close-up shot of something of her ass or something. So here's the tail. Here's the other side of the tail. And let's try to smooth out the lines because I want to make sure you can see how long this would take. So smooth out some of my little sketchiness here. Now, I'm not going to go through the process, I'm sure he goes through, of inking it and smoothing out the lines. I'm just going to get rid of some of my sketchy scratchiness. Make this nice and a visible tail. Now, there we got the tail. A tail object is created. Now, let's take a look at how sad and pathetic this sad and pathetic man is that can't do this. We've got our tail. Line one, line two. Line, line, line... Line, 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 line. Here's another line, another line right here, line, line. And I'm sure she doesn't even have this many stripes. I'm doing this like it's fucking, like this is a fucking mummy. I'm doing so many stripes right here. This is, we're going past stripes at this point. Line, more lines. I'm still doing lines. I hope we're all clocking this. I'm actually drawing this right now. You can't see it. But this is actually me. I am drawing so many fucking stripes on this tail. And I like to keep in mind that I am not half-assing this to prove a point. I am making sure these stripes are at this, the proper curve to make this tail appear three-dimensional. I am curving it properly. I am keeping them parallel to each other so that the stripes are done. Tail's done.
2: Not Ross on Titties. <laughs> because otherwise that- the picture isn't complete.
1: That is how long it took to draw a tail, to draw all the stripes on the tail with – and I can guarantee that's way more, way more stripes, This, these stripes. I drew way more stripes than this girl probably has on her tail just off my memory. In fact, let's count all the stripes I drew in that period of time. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Now, these are lines. These are just single-line stripes. So I'm going to start the count over. These aren't thick stripes. So let's say you filled in between the lines. Like these are thick stripes, and these each line represents the edge of a stripe. Let's say you cut this number in half. But if you don't, these are just just, just by the curved lines. These are how many stripes? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27,
2: 28,
1: 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48 stripes. Uh, Ah, 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 (laughs) ah. So in that short amount of time, I was able to draw a tail. Not a half-assed tail I made sure that That both sides were even So that it looked like this A same object uh, Like it was all part of the same object Uh, I didn't draw like Like just a quick little squiggle I kept it The lines parallel The outer lines of the tail So it looked like a real solid object With the tail All the stripes Almost 50 stripes In that short amount of time Now
2: you just got to draw some cat ears And some titties And you're done
1: yeah.
2: And <laughs> you've got a perfect recreation of Phil.
1: Yeah. No, not a perfect recreation, because I took the time to draw the fucking stripes. Oh, right. It took that little amount of time to draw the stripes. You don't even see her tail in every shot. So there's no fucking excuse that this guy can't draw the stripes. I mean, fuck. Cl- going back to Cloud Scratcher. The main prota- male protagonist, little, boy, little cat boy, Felix. Little Felix. he got a tail. this tail's got stripes. Every time you see his tail, you see those stripes? Yes, you do. In fact, I bet his, his stripes are probably hard to draw because they're scraggly. So I gotta get, make them look textured. So it's not just line, 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 line. I gotta like get a little scratchiness in there. And then when I color that shit, I gotta color through all those lines. Well, I don't color it. I I do the flats for my colors for him to touch it up. But you get that gets texture on top of that. So what the hell is his problem? Why, what the hell is stopping this guy from drawing the stripes on his tail? I know this is an odd thing to be hung up with, but this is just going to show how sad this guy is. He can't draw fucking stripes on a tail. He can't draw a bunch of quick lines on a thin object. And the guy has drawing ability, so he has no excuse. can't just say he's a poor artist. He's capable. I wouldn't p- say he's professional, but he's capable. So what the fuck is he doing?
2: Well, maybe tiger stripes are, like, super complicated and shit.
1: Well, and here's the sad thing. Like, there's this furry artist. Uh, Probably everybody's heard of him if they know about shitty furry artists. We should do a thing on them. These two guys. Hey. You know where I'm going with this. Uh, Max Blackrabbit. Pro- prolific furry porn artist. Oh, guy yeah, who- that guy. Makes his living doing furry porn. Sad. Sad. That's his life. That's his job. That's what he's known for. That's all his life is, is this the, the furry scene and furry porn. Um And he's got a buddy that's like one of the kings of the furries, Eric Schwartz. Oh, <laughs> uh, we really should do Eric Schwartz in a future Lunatic Loser exhibition. Yes. Yes, Eric Schwartz. There is so much with Eric Schwartz. We are doing Eric Schwartz. That came out so <laughs> wrong, and I, <laughs> worry, I feel dirty. I got to take a shower? No. The other doing.
2: The other side. Rape.
1: Eric Schwartz, your asshole is mine. Yeah,
2: we fuck uh, everyone.
1: They brought this two up. They have a character, Max Black Rabbit created him. Eric Schwartz is obsessed with her. Um, named Zigzag, a yeah. tiger striped skunk girl.
2: Yeah, the biggest uh, fucking whore in the entire furry fandom.
1: This is like the mascot of the furry fandom, pretty much the Zigzag character. Um, yeah, she's a
2: bisexual slut with her own porn studio.
1: Yeah, wish fulfillment. Oh, damn!
2: damn. Uh, also, her father raped her.
1: Because that make that gives her personality. <laughs> Drama! <laughs> I've said this before. Rape is the new dead parents. Um,
2: actually, it's more like rape
1: is the new character
2: development.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. It's the new like tragic thing in your backstory to make your character feel more deep. You just have some throw some rape in there. But yeah, uh oh by the way, a rape victim probably wouldn't be this sex obsessed, but whatever. probably wouldn't be enjoying sex this much. Um, but hey, well I know my psychology, this is just porn. Uh But, but yeah, the scene the breathing brought that up. Zig Zigzag characters a shitload. A shitload of stripes. Yep. And these two guys draw this character on the reg. <laughs> like every other picture. They draw a zigzag. So if they can pull it off, and Zigzag will often be fully depicted, My Life with Fell is a comic, which means you can get away with just a headshot or a, a cropped shot. You don't have to show all of her in every panel. So these guys can pull it off on, on the reg, what are you doing? You can't, <laughs> you gotta write stripes? What are you doing? And like, you could tell he just gets lazy sometimes. You could tell like, he drew like – what happens is you get these artists and they draw a lot. And they think they're really – they get good at it. And they say, I'm going to start making a comic. Well, you see the thing about comics, folks. Here's a lesson for you. The thing about comics is it's more – there's more to comics than just drawing because you got to know some things. you got to know angles. you got to know how to depict things. Uh, sure, you can draw a lot of pictures of a character standing there looking at you or looking away from you and posing – now, can you have that character emote? Can you have that character emote in a way that you can tell what's going on without any speech bubbles? Can you have that character do uh, like an action? Can you have them swing their arm? Can you have them swing their arm in a way that uh, depicts momentum properly? Like, say, one character punches another. Can you depict that punch in a way that looks like the actual force is being delivered? The answer in this case is no, because when you have something simple, he can draw it. If you have a slight angle, which a lot of people don't realize they can't draw because they've been drawing, like, so many pin-up pictures, if you've got to do a slight angle or a slight look, all of a sudden some things get foobarred. And even I've been guilty of this recently because I'm trying some new art styles. Like, in my art, main art style, which is a more realistic one than I'm familiar with, I've pretty much got this down, but I have noticed sort of just evaluating my own work that I have had some issues – like the new Disney cartoony things I've been doing for Cloud Scratcher and some other art styles I've been picking up, I've noticed like once you've changed the way you depict eyes or faces or whatever some rules change and you gotta learn and it but you learn and you adapt this guy isn't really doing that he's still pretty much thinking like a pinup artist uh, so if you have like a simple shot, he's fine if you if anything demands. A subtle action or something that you normally wouldn't draw a single pinup picture of, then you notice he has troubles. So what you have here is a good artist, but not good for comics.
2: Yeah. Subtlety in this comic aren't exactly uh, speaking terms.
1: Yeah, that's no joke. Um, there's not a lot else we can say about My Life with Fell. I mean, yeah. we got the
2: movie except up- the content, of course, which I'll very briefly touch upon. <laughs>
1: We well, pretty much gotten the most of it, but, uh, you can go into all the rest.
2: Yeah. You see, when, uh, when he first, uh, picked her up in comic, yeah, in the story, uh, he, she was apparently shot or some bullshit and he just did surgery. And then the government guy's asking, how the hell did you do that? And he's just, I asked on Yahoo. That, that's the entire answer. <laughs> like, he just asked on Yahoo, well, how do I do surgery? And then he did just that. And apparently that worked. Because uh, we are not even trying anymore to have this make sense. Oh, and by the way, he's also a fan of Panty and Stocking.
1: Shocker!
2: Yeah, incredibly surprising, I know. We we can't absolutely believe it. And then there's a scene which depicts the cat, uh, sorry, Tiger Girl's previous home. And it's a complete portal rip-off, like with writing on the wall. And it says, and I quote here, The stripes are a lie. See, Again, it's it's funny because it's like self-aware humor and and shit. Yeah.
1: And the pu- the punchlines are references or boners. Yeah.
2: Also, double rainbow joke.
1: Combined with that one gay face, I always forget what that's from.
2: Yeah. I, I from think Kuzo miso soup.
1: Kuzo miso soup. Yeah, the Kuzo miso face. Like, so you have a double shot of internet references in yeah. case. In case you're double the sad, because let's face it, people.
2: <laughs> In case you didn't already laugh hard enough at that hilarious rainbow.
1: Let's be honest with ourselves here. Yeah,
2: if, let's be honest.
1: <laughs> if uh, if you're the kind of person that uh, just laughs at the very mention of internet meme, you're you're you suck. You're sad. You have a crappy sense of humor. I mean, you're just like, yay, I belong. You know, yay, I'm not alone. Someone I saw that alone. on the internet once. Yeah, it's like. It's like that kind of thing. It was like if someone uh, how do I want to put this? Like if someone lives in almost in a cloistered enough life, when someone brings up something from their cloistered life, they get really happy, and that will that is kind of the crux of a lot of uh nerd reference humor. Uh, like, yay! That's
3: a thing I know.
1: <laughs> it's pretty much how Robot Chicken lasted for what five seasons. Um, <laughs> it, it's pretty much. It, that's what it is. I mean, it's – you have these – there's people that either are – that don't live their interests or, you know, have friends to joke about these things with. When a TV show then brings it up, there's no real thrill. It's like, well, I don't care. You mentioned this thing. Whoopity-doo. I've mentioned it lots of times with people. Life goes on. There's no real excitement from having something that I know acknowledged. Yeah, but
2: if the TV is your friend – Oh my God! Is he hilarious then?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) It's
2: it's, it's fucking great. Also, I love the fact that like directly under that panel it says "Save some planet, use public transportation." Like, okay, that was random.
1: Yeah, (laughs) this this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He just, I think, what he just wants to tell his daydreams in comic form. But the only way he knows how to sell them to people is to throw in jokes. But he's not very funny. <laughs> he's just... But so much of this is just, oh, my fantasy life with this perfect cat girl girlfriend. Yeah. Sigh.
2: I mean, she's supposed to be a tiger girl, but that never comes up. She <laughs> just, just looks like a cat.
1: She's there so she can have pretty stripes. Yes. Oh my god, this is levels of sad. So
2: yeah, and he the, actually has 1,609
1: likes on Facebook. And every one of those likes—that's one. There's over a thousand sad motherfuckers. That's 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 alarming almost. That's and depressing. There's that, that many, that many. Because every one of them, there's no exceptions. Every one of them's sad. Every one of them's pathetic. It's like, my life with fell is one of those things where there's no real room for a non-pathetic person to like it. Like there are sad pathetic things where I can still kind of see not pathetic people liking it. Like maybe you're like panty stocking. Maybe you're just dumb and you ha ha when they say boobies or something. You know, you're not you're not sad and pathetic. You're just a 13 year old. You know, or a 13 year old on the inside. Whatever. You still you still like shitty things, but you're not sad. You're just maybe a little dopey or something. But this is one of those things where there's no room for that. It's just straight up. You're sad. <laughs> if you read My Life with a Fell, you're sad. That's it. Boom, it's stamped on your soul. The jury's in. Verdict's in.
2: Yeah. Also, you have really shitty humor because every single joke is either sex or something stolen from somewhere else or an internet meme. Like for example, he reenacts that scene from Wizzy uh, Wizzy meets the Sniper video from Team Fortress 2. Yeah,
1: because I mean, Meet the Sniper was great and all, but what if my girlfriend was in it? Yeah,
2: and was doing like boom headshot. Because then it would really be hilarious. <laughs>
1: That's what it is. Just, that was funny, but what if my girlfriend was in it? My pretend made-up magic girlfriend. Oh my god, it's so sad. It's
2: like Magical Girl with furries.
1: It's so damn sad. Oh my god. This just makes me laugh so much. It's just so... Oh, man. Oh, man. Anyway, that's about all you can say about my life with Fel. So moving on to our third and final one. Oh my lord, this one. Max, you want to try to start this one or should I? Oh,
2: <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that fucking guy. Okay, I would best start with his um with his handle. He names himself Son Manic, but uh, his actual name is apparently like Richard Kuda or whatever.
1: Mr. Kuda, yeah. yeah. Also known as a Knothole Resonant, also known as Mr. Chipmunk Mobian, also known as Diapered Chipmunk. Red flags, you know exactly where this is going. Also known as Alex Lost 4 Thank you, Encyclopedia Dramatica. And in case you couldn't tell from his
2: internet handle, he really likes Sonic. <laughs> he likes it so much, he wants to make a movie about it.
1: He's not joking. I think, I don't know, this guy, is he, is this a con? I, well, I think what happens is this guy's just insane and living in his own weird world where this animated Sonic movie is feasible, and he's, like, hired people, paid the money for production work on it. I feel like I've actually worked with people like him in the past, early on in my when – I, when I started doing artwork for hire. Because what happens is there's places you go, like, uh, like bulletin boards almost, job postings, like the classifieds. N- now I've known to sort of narrow where I go. Usually I just go to, like, digital webbing most of the time. Maybe conceptart.org, but you never hear back from those people. Um, but digital webbing, I tend to stick to them. They're Digital webbing or pencil jack, if you're a pro artist and you're looking for work, those are good places to go. Um, I've learned to stay away from anywhere else posting art jobs uh, or anyone looking for like, hey, if you're an artist, contact me. If you just see someone on some site, don't contact them. <laughs> uh I actually kind of want to tell a story, but I'll I'll get to it in a minute. Because uh, this guy reminds me, like if I were if I were one of the people that were suckered into doing work for this guy, this guy reminds me of this other guy I worked with at one point. He wants to do like he he's got in his head, and he's convinced people that he's actually in talks to do an animated Sonic movie. Somehow people believed him
2: because he looks like like such a credible guy, doesn't he?
1: Even if you don't see what he looks like who believes that this guy says like he knows and has talked to and chatted with like writers from the sonic saturday morning cartoon you know the good one um that he's in works and he's in talks with sega that he visited japan and spoke with sega
2: well wouldn't wouldn't you believe some random guy on divvian art
1: (laughs) i don't know how anyone anyone took this seriously like seriously like who bought this but anyway, he hired artists. I mean, if I'm an artist, I'm t- I, I take the money, and I took the money of the guy I'm gonna tell the story about. But like, that's not how you get anywhere. It's like getting like an extra 20 bucks from a crazy guy. You're not gonna get anywhere in your resume or in your paycheck. But people did it. Um, God, there's so much. He 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 had in mind. He has in mind this, and he has a script which is apparently awful. But I kind of want to see it. But then again, I don't want to waste the time. Uh, of this Sonic animated movie that he came up with. That he hired, like, people to do production art for. And there's a saga in and of that, where he lied about where, like, he actively told one of his production artists to copy this other guy. Like, the guy, the the artist that he hired sent him something decent. And then he said, no, I want it to be close to this. And then he sent something close to that, but still trying not to outwardly copy it, because no artist worth his salt is going to outwardly copy something. And then... Guy says, no, 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 I basically said I want to make you look exactly like this, but this is after then saying to a whole community of people, no, I didn't, I didn't know he did that. That was the artist that did that. I had no knowledge of the original picture that was copied. Full of shit. And this guy reminds me just the, the shit he says and his almost schizophrenic delusions. Uh, I was hired a while ago to do artwork for this guy how professional courtesy dictates I won't say his name I won't say the name of his project although I really want to but this guy hired me I don't know what he was planning to do like he said it was going to be a comic I don't know if he had a publisher planned if he was going to self publish I don't know all I know is he was paying me his money was real as long as the money as long as the bank took his money I didn't give a fuck um so at first we were doing some character designs now I'm going to be honest I'm, I'm not just an artist, I'm a businessman. I'm, if anything, I'm a businessman first. I'm thinking, okay, this guy does not have his ducks in a row. I'm going to help him get his ducks in a row, but I'm going to charge him for it. I'm going to make a little extra money from this. We'll make a little bit more than I was planning. So I said, okay, I noticed that you don't really know what you – you don't really have these character designs in mind. What I can do for you, I can design the character for you. It's going to cost some money. I'm going to charge you per character. So that way, I'm going to get a little extra money for the character designs. This is what I'm planning. I'm going to get some money for the character designs and the money I was going to make for the comic. So I'm going to make out extra on this. In hindsight, I'm glad I did this, though, because I wouldn't have made anything because we didn't get to the comic stage, but I'll get to that. So I'm doing the character designs for this guy. Now, this guy is obviously incompetent and I think schizophrenic. He has this world planned out. He is, his, his world building is insane. It makes no sense. He's got fourth dimensional shit going on. Um it makes no sense and his one of his main characters is kinda despicable. Like his main character raped some kid but then took the kid into their family and erased oh. their memory of it. And like but then like the rape from some kid was like his evil side and he purged it or something, some cop out I don't know. It was insane. But again, I'm like as long as he doesn't have me draw that, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> It's paying me, making that making the money. Uh, as long as that shit's not what I'm gonna be drawing, because if you want me to draw that, I'm gonna put my foot down. I told him straight out, I'm not drawing that. <laughs> He's like, no, no, you have to. It's not gonna come up in this book. There's like five books. They're all part of this world. Uh. <laughs> it doesn't make. You can't follow this guy's saga. You can't follow it. It's insane. There's a million characters with insane names. Um, the bad guy's name is hilarious. I won't say it because again, professional courtesy. But it's like it's pretty much like evil dark Mick villain bad guy man <laughs> 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 like evil Mick evil dark it is that kind of thing uh I designed him this is I actually posted a couple of designs on my deviant art account if anyone wants to see him uh it's they're called just character design they're kind of crappy looking scans I, I I never meant for that to go public I just put it up anyway for so I can use it as a portfolio like here's some design work I did um
2: for this comic was kitty rape.
1: <laughs> I'm not telling that part.
2: <laughs> maybe, yeah. the, maybe the villain was just called Evil Mac Toddler Fister or something.
1: <laughs> I really wish I could say what it was. Uh, it's such a funny name. Um, <clears throat> but what happened was... When I, I told him, all right, here's what I want you to do. You give me descriptions of the characters, and then I'll draw, I'll design the characters, draw them based on what you tell me. The descriptions he gives me are their fucking backstories or one sentence about their personality. Like, I can't, I don't, you, I can't make care of this. You have to tell me what they look like. What are, is their age? Are they pretty, ugly? Uh, what kind of clothes do they wear? This is what I mean by character description. So you know what he, he adds to what, uh, the best thing, he didn't change half of them. Some of them he gave me when I wanted one of them, the only thing he added as a note for me, he has a cape.
2: <sighs>
1: That's all he gave me to go on with this one character. So, after explaining how descriptions work to this guy, I finally, we finally get this going. I design uh, his main character. I go through. I design his villain. I design this other character, but he nitpicks. He says the character looks too young. I'm like, well, you have to tell me the age first. <clears throat> You said a, a young boy. So I drew him like a young boy. Um and yeah, that kind of thing. And we get to the main character's daughter. <laughs> First I did a design I'm pretty I was pretty happy with. That looked like the main character but other feet had her own features. Features similar to the main character looked like they were genetically related. And it was a you know, I like the design, it was a spunky little tomboy design I was pretty happy with. He said, no, it looks too much like this other character from a cartoon I've never seen, but he's apparently seen – apparently had the same bangs as this character. Mm. Uh, So he's like, okay, well, I mean you to redrew it. Okay. Uh, Well, you gave me nothing to go on, so you're going to have to get specific. Now, this is where our working relationship began to to falter. Uh, He asks for – he says the character is 12 years old. I'm like, okay. What's about the age I drew her? Um, and then he gives a description for hair and all that. Then we get to the outfit. He wants a oh – my god. He wanted a skin-tight tank top and shorty shorts. And he didn't want a full tank top. He wanted, like, with midriff showing. On a 12-year-old. I told him flat out, I'm not doing that. Nope. No, sir. Not doing it. Not doing that. I'm not drawing a 12-year-old in a halter top and shorty shorts. Not happening. You're going to have to redesign it. You're going to have to fucking come up with something else because I'm not doing it. I said it in, in kinder terms than that because I'm trying to be professional amongst my sudden disgust. You, that is hard, by the way, to try to maintain professionalism when everything inside you wants to go, you freak! <laughs> uh, no, I want... This, is, this could be profitable. This could be profitable.
2: It could have been worse. It could, could have asked you to draw naked.
1: Yeah, no. Uh So it's was like, okay, well, he comes up with something better. Uh, like baggy cargo shirts, uh, jacket shirt. I actually, this the final design, I think, is on my DeviantArt. I can't remember if I put it up there or not. And I came up with something. Um, it's not my best work, but I was so... Again, this wasn't originally meant to be seen to the public. This was just to design the character. And... I uh I was so just uh, ugh <laughs> at the whole thing, so it's not my best work, but I put it up there anyway. I just kind of wanted it to be there, I guess. I don't know. Um, maybe I didn't put it up. I can't remember. Uh, but so I drew that, and he's like he was happy with it. So I'm like, okay, we've reached an understanding. So he sends me a, another pack of character designs. Now I'm thinking to myself, cha ching, cha ching. This guy once has this extensive. Mythos and he wants me to design Everybody and he's fully aware I'm charging 20 bucks for, I can't believe I got away with this 20 bucks for penciled Character sketches That I can do in a, in like an hour
2: Crazy people being bad with money Who to think
1: Yeah I know You'd think Cody you must have been crazy for giving this up But I did, yeah. So he comes up with more designs that I'm thinking ka-ching, ka-ching. And he gives, like, these really basic designs, of course. But one of them, the one that we're going to focus on, is this character that he describes as the voluptuous sex pot, right? Now, he's saying things like that, right? This is obviously, like, the fucking Jessica Rabbit, Minerva Mink shit, you know what I mean? So this is what I'm thinking. Like, okay, I'm going to give her, like, you know, I'm thinking maybe the – I can't remember that one uh, black-and-white actress that, like, Jessica Rabbit was designed around. Her name starts with a V. Uh, Betty Boop. No, no, no. The real world. The real, world. Uh, real world actress that Jessica Rabbit was designed after. I can't remember her name. It starts with a V, Victoria or something. But anyway, I'm thinking maybe something like her. Give me the full lips. Maybe a little birthmark, something like that. You know, full figure. That's what that's what immediately is coming to mind when I'm thinking what he's describing to me. I'm thinking that's going to be – one of the easiest characters to draw. You just draw something you think that's going to get audiences hard. <laughs> It's not, it's not that hard. Well, I mean drawing a character that's hot can be difficult because you have to get your line work just right. You know what I mean you have to get all the curves, and I don't mean like body curves. I mean just like something like the cheeks or something. You have to get that shit perfect to make them look flawless. So that actually can be really difficult, but if they're not hard to design. To draw, yeah, they're difficult, especially in poses because you got to like make sure that that maintains without being like Marvel – like superhero comics. They're posing in every frame bullshit. So that can be difficult. But designing them is easy as cake, so I'm thinking yes, easy money, right? So, but I'm thinking, okay, uh, you got to give me a little more than this, and then I'm gonna need their ages. You wanna know what the age of the voluptuous sex pot was?
2: Oh, here it comes.
1: Thirteen years old. <laughs> None of the characters in the list he gave me were were at or even close to the age of eighteen. Amazing. I was like, that's it. I'm, I can't. I can't do this. I don't care if this is easy money. I can't keep having this fight with this guy. Because I couldn't do this. I the, the fight, the first back and forth with that one little girl character was so exhausting. I couldn't do it again. So I'm I'm not having this fight again. Five times over. Like, dude, sorry, I'm done. You're going to have to find somebody else. Uh, I'm, I am going to need the money for the... Stuff for, for the stuff that I've done, I'll let you keep it. Keep my designs, use them. Go ahead. You don't even have to credit me. Just fucking keep them. Do whatever you want. Um, he gave me my money, you know, at least, and give him that much. He didn't make me go through a whole thing with him. I didn't have to fucking litigate. Uh, he gave me my money, but that that was too good to be true. That was too good to be true. But yeah, this guy reminds me of that. I know that was a long. T- that was like a four. You're getting four for the price of three on this lunatic movie. <laughs> I
2: wonder what the hell the description on her was.
1: <laughs> yeah. So like, so I'm seeing this guy, what he was telling this artist, and the sh- the, the back and forth he went with this idiot, this, and the guy's like utter in- obvious insanity, and then as an artist trying to get something, get through that insanity to try to match. At least close to what's in their head, or at least make them like it better than what's in their head, because that's 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 also something you want to go through when you're designing characters for somebody. You almost want to get that. Oh yeah, that's that's totally what I wanted from the beginning. Like you know, it's better than what they wanted. But that way, you impress them so much, you can basically have your way with them monetarily. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the, I, I add flashbacks to that with this guy put his artist through, and like you you had to have known. Like I knew deep down. This guy that I was working for probably wasn't actually going to do anything. This – whatever I was drawing for it was never going to be published. This was never going to see the light of a store shelf. But again, the bank shook his money, so – but that I almost wonder if the artist that this guy hired for his Sonic movie that he conned everybody out of and all this shit, I have to wonder if they felt the same thing. Like this probably isn't going to see the light of day. <laughs> but hey, got to get the cash, got to get the dough. Hala, hala, <laughs> so let's do this shit. If they did it for free, they're morons. <laughs> if they did it for free, they're fucking retarded. And they, they don't deserve any pity. They're dumb enough to do this for free. I would have charged this motherfucker like, uh, So you're uh making a Sonic movie, huh? And with Sega? Yeah, you you totally got to deal with Sega, huh? Sonic movie. You've been uh, in talks with uh, one of the writers from Sonic, the Saturday morning cartoon? Really? That's totally true? And you want me to draw for you? Oh, I'll do I'll it, do, but it's going to cost you. I won't do it for free.
2: Yeah, You're going to have to pay me per body part here.
1: <laughs> See, like, because if you impress him enough, you could start squeezing money out of him, like, just, like, fucking just scribble something on a piece of paper that looks enough like the shape he'll take it. <laughs> because this should have been apparent from day one, this guy was bullshitting. This guy was full of shit. But if he wants to pay for it, Oh no, I, I can't wait to see your movie. Let me just do a really good design for the first one, and then get you in my pocket. And then after that, I can, you know, do this quick and half-ass this like the bullshit assignment that it is, make my extra money and move on, cause, you know, you're not, you're literally not worth my time. So there's this whole big debacle. That was a funny little tangent to go on. But the reason I went on there's a whole big debacle with this guy because he had, he's claiming he was doing this movie and he hired out some artists and he had a bunch of them and they did designs for him and turns out designs were ripping off some other art piece somebody did like some guy some one artist did a uh a picture of like an evil looking robotic I think he, I think it was like he was doing a series of pictures of like super detailed Sonic characters you know so he did an evil looking menacing robotic. With like a jacket and shit and a mechanical arm. And then this guy's stuff for his movie, his production sketches for his movie, and It's totally gonna happen to come out. And Robotnik looks just like that picture. Like the the picture by that other artist. Just, <laughs> and people notice this. Like, hey, what the fuck? And the original artist the the original and he, the, the guy that drew the original picture was trying to be cordial. You know what I mean? Which was, was, you know, good on him, I would have been pissed. But he was being cordial about it and saying, you know, uh, you might want to talk to your artist. Uh, I understand it's not your fault. You just hired him and he did this. And, you know, you might want to talk to him because that's not cool. not cool what he did. Then the artist came up and said, hey, 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 hey. Whoa, whoa. This ain't what happened. I gave this guy this shit and he didn't like it. He said – and he copied and pasted this shit that the guy emailed to him, which was damning. And he said, no, a little close – and even – Son Manic here was originally saying, oh, I had never seen your picture before. My artist just gave me that. And then you see the, the pasted emails of the guy saying, look, here's the picture that I've never seen before. I want you to make it like this. <laughs> and a series of emails where he's basically by the third one saying, no, I want you to draw this. Exactly. So the guy – the artist that he hires like, all right, I'll do it. I didn't want to do it, but I'll do it. And – so, guy, gets, and this guy's basically just up shit creek at that point. So the Sonic people just, you know, pretty much kick him out, and, and they they never see him again. But you see, this guy won't go away. He's been his his big thing that he's known for. For some reason, they bought this for the longest time. And this movie was totally happening. He was totally helming it. He even, because he's classy, one of the, the like the head writer for Sonic Sat Am, which is what they call that Saturday morning comp. Saturday morning cartoon he died I think Ben Hurst was his name like right that he died this dude used the dude the guy the writer's death as an opportunity to pimp his imaginary movie like he decided he was going to dedicate it in the dude's memory he was advertising it in the like there was a forum thread about the guy's death and he was advertising his pretend movie classy ever so classy so of course between this and the art artist's debacle they they booted him but he wasn't done. Good lord, he wasn't done. After that, see, that was like the main saga of this guy. Then he just like pre sprouted all these branches. Bearing the fruit of laughter and lulls, they call them. Max, why don't you tell one and I'll tell one and you tell one and we'll... This episode's going on for a while. I don't want to last too long so, long. so you tell a story, I'll tell a story.
2: Oh, yeah, sure. Well, one of the things this guy is also known for, aside from, you know, having a non-existent Sonic movie, is his little pictures that he does. And these are just absolutely amazing. Yeah, as you can probably imagine. Namely, he is a diaper fetishist.
1: And not like he likes the girl in the diaper and likes to mess her diaper or whatever. No, he likes to be in the diaper and pretend he's a baby.
2: Yeah, with the sucker and everything.
1: It's uh, some horrifying imagery. If you look him up on Encyclopedia Dramatica, which I wouldn't fully recommend, some horrifying images. And yeah. he's posting videos of himself being a baby.
2: Yes, I, th- I think this kind of shit is called infantilism. It's like, it's not enough that you mentally revert to the status of being a baby. you got to do it physically, too.
1: I mean, it's... He is just, I mean, there's very few things more horrifying than that first picture on his Encyclopedia Dramatica article where he's, like, got his arms out to the camera and he's smiling with a sucker in his mouth like a a happy baby reaching for somebody because he's a 30-year-old man.
2: Yeah, and the diaper.
1: And that look he's giving, it's serial killer shit, people. It looks like he's a fucking serial killer. There's no other way to describe it. it. looks like a serial killer who's gonna kill you tomorrow.
2: Creepy... Uh, any creepy pasta ever ain't got shit on that.
1: Yeah, fuck, you know, just photoshopping something with black eyes with blood coming out of it and with monochrome. That's creepy fucking imagery right there. Slenderman who? Uh <laughs> See, after his Sonic movie turned out to be not a thing and... Everyone should have known that from the start. Uh, he then decided to keep up the bullshit. He even, like, hired he's paying some animation team, some Flash animation team to actually make his movie happen. Looks like shit. Uh, there's actually like something like Metal Sonic Down or something making fun of one of the scenes. Metal Sonic looks like he's doing a dance.
2: But... Because we all know Flash is how all professional movies are done.
1: But of course. But you see... He started pestering Sega, sending scripts to Sega, say, "Sega, make my movie, finance my movie, give me the permission to make this movie." Sega sent him a cease and desist, basically saying, "Stop it forever. Leave us alone. You don't have permission to do this. Stop." Because he would go around saying Sega gave him permission to use the Sonic license and everything like that. He would say like, "Oh, no, I, I, I own like some of uh." M- American licensing rights to Sonic for the purposes of this movie. Sega's basically saying stop saying that. Sega had to have done the research on this guy because he was just b- bugging him and they knew things like that. So they knew this guy' this guy' had been bugging him enough he this is like a name in the Sega offices. Sega of America like has his picture plastered on a wall with a dart with darts in it you know that kind of thing. Uh, he says stop doing that, stop saying you represent us stop saying that you own any part of the Sonic the Hedgehog license. We have no interest in making your movie. Leave us alone. Stop saying this shit. Or lawsuits. I that. Do you know how bad you have to get to where the company of origin of your obsession has to say has to come down on you and say knock it the fuck off? To put that in perspective, the Bronies came up with not one but two. Pornographic comic anthologies called Hoofbeat that they made money off of. By the way, well I'll get this in that. They made money from this. They have yet to hear from Hasbro. Which just shows you how great Hasbro are at protecting their fucking licenses. Yeah. Maybe they
2: were just smart enough to not send copies to Hasbro yet.
1: Yeah, I guess any if you want to make money off of someone else's intellectual property, go for Hasbro. They're all fucking for it, apparently.
2: But anyway. Yeah, because Bronies are the best thing ever. We
1: all know that. Of course. Um, so, they didn't hear word from Hasbro, but this guy got word from Sega saying, stop it. BBMBBF with his Mobius Unleashed. Remember we all talked about him, folks? Back when Alex was co-host? BBMBBF with his... The, the uh... Toon porn slumlord got that Mobius Unleashed site yet to hear from Sega. This guy letter from Sega saying knock it off. Signed by their representative signed letter from Sega saying shut up. Stop it. (laughs) That's like some kind of zenith of fandom failure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: ridiculous. The only other time I can think of something like that happening Going back to uh, furries and their session with '90s cartoons. Who here remembers? And I mentioned her earlier, Minerva Mink. For oh. the yep. whole. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't, and you remember Animaniacs. She was one of the characters in Animaniacs. She had like two cartoons that were, and eventually her cartoons were basically too racy for kids. It was basically like the uh, Red Hot Riding Hood kind of stuff. They were basically what they were going for. So I could, new Red Hot Riding Hood cartoons. Um, Minerva Mink character. Uh, the thing about Minerva Mink. Her her cartoons weren't really that funny, at all. I've I've actually been because Animaniacs is now playing on the hub, and I like Me Some Hub most of it, some of it. <laughs> is, it's, my like my love of the hub fluctuates from day to day, but generally, like, you know, they play Animaniacs every night, so I watch Me Some Animaniacs. Um, Animaniacs is more hit and miss than I remember. Like Freakazoid held up great. Freakazoid is consistently funny and great, and I have the DVDs, and I love them. Freakazoid's hilarious. And doesn't hold up as well. It's like on and off. Still, it, it's like freakazoid funny sometimes, but then sometimes it's just not funny. And Minerva Makes cartoons weren't really that funny. Uh, the only real gag in Minerva Mink's cartoons were constant, uh, wow, she's hot reactions, like jumping around, whistling, and eyes bugging out, and bouncing, and crazy faces, and that kind of shit. That was pretty much every, every other gag in a Minerva Mink cartoon. were not really that great. Uh... But what happened was, much like she became in sort of that furry pantheon, along with Gadget from Rescue Rangers of these characters that furries obsessed with and continue to obsess with to this day. Furry sex symbol, basically. Basically, furry sex symbol. Um, I mean, my god, it is – don't get me started. That's a saga. But what happened was this, at one point, this one guy had a pretend wedding at a furry convention to Minerva Mink. There was someone in a Minerva Mink costume marrying this guy. They even had a couple other cartoon characters he was obsessed with. I don't know why they... Uh, more than one people participated in this. I guess this guy was like a big figure in the furry fandom. <laughs> a lot of sycophants that were willing to do this. I don't know. This is early furry fandom. I don't know, like, the like what was really going on amongst them. I just know who was who. Um, I guess these were sycophants putting on this. Like, they, other ones that had, like, masks. They were dressed up like... Uh, creepy-ass costumes of, like, other cartoon characters he obsessed with, they were like, No! He's mine! This is real, folks. Well, at this convention, this is early in the days of the furries, so they didn't quite have the reputation they have now. They were getting it. So, a couple animators from Animaniacs were there at the convention. Oh. They they were there as guests. And, and I guess they were thinking, Oh, these guys like the kind of cartoons they did. We did. They had animals. Whatever. You know, we'll go. You know, if furries weren't creepy, I mean, it's kind of like why the guy who makes Usagi Yojimbo still goes to conventions. He's not really a furry, but hey, these guys buy my shit. so you know, I'm real popular with these guys. I'll go visit him. I don't know why he doesn't. It. Well, I know why, but I mean he is more patient than me. Like if Cloud Scratcher got really big and I was invited to a furry convention, I would say no. Uh, but these guys went, and they were in attendance. I guess they said, we got to go see this shit. What the fuck? They were appalled, flabbergasted. What did they do? Well, thankfully, their animation studios were close to where the convention was being held. So they got in their car, and they drove back to the studio, and they whipped up a little song. They drew a picture of Minerva Mink. This is as official as it gets of a fuck you. This is by an official, an animator from the show. This is one of the people that does the actual official work that you see on the screen. Uh, Drew a picture of Minerva Mink. In her bathrobe, holding a sign that says, Sorry Fat Boy, this mink is still single. <laughs> Fuck you look on her face. They made a whole bunch of copies of this image. They're a shitload of photocopies. Went back to the convention and stuck this, this picture of Minerva Mink anywhere they could. They put it like, tape it up to the wall in the bathroom, hallways, doors, anywhere they could. They just stuck that Minerva Mink picture all over the convention made sure he saw it. Uh, word is he saw it. Word, there there is no confirmation what his reaction was, but uh, the consensus is he threw a bitch fit. That was the kind of guy he was. Uh, he was huffy about it. I mean, that is officially just, the, the dream is dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> At that point, when the people behind the show you're obsessing with say, nope. Fuck your fantasy. Nope. <laughs> nope.
2: It's like if you made a shitty Final Fantasy story, and then the original makers of Final Fantasy come down to you, read your shitty fanfic, and tell you it sucks.
1: I mean, that's not, no, it's not even that. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's like if they release a press release saying, I don't know if anyone's read this thing, but it's crap, we denounce it.
2: <laughs> and that totally didn't happen. Totally. Cloud doesn't have butt sex with Sephiroth.
1: Totally didn't happen, never would happen. And, uh, nope. And, and again, called them fat boys. There's an insult in there. Fuck you. (laughs) I don't know the names of exactly. I I know they weren't like, I don't think they were animator-animators. Like, they didn't do every frame. I don't know for sure. I think that was done Korean. That was Korean stuff. I'm not 100% sure. But I know they did production art at the very least. Uh, they worked on the show. They made, they were a part of the team that made Animaniacs. Uh, and you just look one look at the picture. That is official art. You just look right at that picture. That is not fan art. That's official art. Um, this is the same. This is the same kind of thing. It's like that, that, I think there's the only two times in recorded history I can think where a fan got so pathetic, the people uh, that are a part of what they obsess over had to step in and say no. I think it's only yeah two times in recorded history since nerddom began. That I uh, There may be more, but I don't know of them. So there's two times that I know of in recorded history that has ever happened, and we are looking at one of them right here with Son Manic.
2: Yeah, I'm sure he's very proud to have climbed that elusive pantheon. I
1: mean, many people have said he's reached Chris Chan levels. I say they're right. This guy, there is so much to him. There, he has done so much. He has done so much more that we haven't even touched. Yeah. Touched?
2: Not to, not to mention, he's also obsessed with Sonic, just like Chris Chan. Like, there's something about Sonic that really brings out the, the that really appeals to the worst people alive, pretty much, aside from Bronies. That's
1: why the Bronies are compared to the Sonic fandom. It's a similar phenomenon. I, I could go into why. I have my theories. It would take forever. Most podcasts are already running long enough. Um, i there is too much about this guy to talk about, yeah I mean he has a had a kick had an
2: indieGogo page at one point where he wanted like one thousand two hundred dollars for his great animated film
1: yeah um I suggest just looking this guy up just look him up there's so much you'll if you if you really want to take uh take everything in, set aside some time. there's a lot a lot. I mean, indeed. I, I can't even get into all, but it. it's so, it's so overwhelming. All the shit he's done, all the shit he's fallen for. He's been fucked with, and he didn't fall for an obvious uh, obvious prank. Uh, <laughs> he didn't get to, well. I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a joke in the acronym that he missed. Uh, man, that's really uh, all the real, all that we really have time for. Because we are running out of time. Unless you have anything to add, Max.
2: No, I don't think so.
1: And so, this was a fun journey out memory lane for me. Fun little excursion in a crazy town for everybody else. Uh. So, yeah, that's about it. And, uh, I feel like Nah, f- screw it If you, if anyone wants to see anything else about this guy Check out his Encyclopedia Dramatica article
2: It's all the- gigantic
1: it's Gigantic All the warnings that uh, come with re- viewing Encyclopedia Dramatica Are of course in effect uh, But definitely check it out if you want to laugh But set aside some fucking time So, from all of us here at The Other Side I'm Cody Byer And I'm x saying, the internet is full of wonderful, hilarious people for you and me to enjoy. They came
0: from underground, just creatures, bang into our sound. haven't been listening to the A3K Network, here's what you've been missing. The Other Side with Cody Bayer and Max Vader.
1: If you watch and enjoy Senran Kagura, you are a loser. That's just how it is. That's just the way of the world. It's the way of the world. That's the way of the world. You're a loser if you watch and enjoy Senran Kagura. This also, I, I,
2: I think the boobs of the one on the lower right corner are kind of like connected in the middle. It's like, they're fused into one half-boob.
1: Yeah, because like, that that area of the chest between the boobs doesn't seem to go all the way back down. <laughs> yeah, there doesn't seem to be a line there. It's like a walnut on her chest. And she's, she's got a bra made of shadow. It's, uh, you're so into the boobs, but yet you don't know how they work. Fucking and groups, so, it work? And more so than any other show in this list, this is the loser show for loser people. I mean, good fucking Christ! The anatomy isn't even good. Yeah, I mean, how the hell do you get off of this? Just because I've b- seen better d- drawings
2: in like fifty percent of cheese
0: Two guys under Mike with Jameer Durham and Mike Martinez.
3: Could you bet? No, Some- oh, well, Walking Dead, Magical Zombie Edition. You fuck. You you kill a leech. I don't want to be in that series. You kill a walker from The Walking Dead, and the walker's like, Magical zombie, bitch. And you're like, Why do we. Just bite me. Do it. Just do it. Nah. I'll let you wait. (laughs) I'll I'll let let you
0: wait. Troll zombie. Troll zombie.
3: I'm going to let you wait, and I'll bite you when you least expect it. What if I turn around with my eyes closed? Nah. Every time you sleep, I'm going to be standing over you, (laughs) stroking my own face (laughs) just gonna be standing there watching you yeah you sleeping maybe i'll bite you now maybe i'll bite you later maybe i'll bite you while you're on the bathroom taking a shit (laughs) just like bust through the door while you're taking a dump it's like you were right i really wasn't expecting this i know
0: meanwhile my goal every time i take a shit shocking in hand
3: (laughs) manga corner with jd banks
0: that's one of the things Oda did really well with One Piece is that he made probably the best ensemble cast for a manga since Dragon Ball, and I, thus far, I don't think anyone's really
1: managed that quite as well. Bleach tried and didn't get very far.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think Fairy Tail actually is really good. Yes. You know, Because Fairy Tail, I think he learned from her One Piece, and well but One Piece is great. It's it's actually still very very popular here in uh, I'm I'm in Okinawa, it's the island. Very last island uh-huh. in Japan, but it's really big here. Anything with One Piece is like really popular, but I think Fairy Tale is also like something that it's kind of grown into something. It's a little, a little more cohesive, I think, than One Piece. Yeah. So I think uh, some characters. I think you put more female characters that are like they're like a mainstay in Fairy Tale, Ezra, she's yeah, she's I think she's really cool, but she's just like Zoro and these other side kicks, you know. She's kind of like she's really strong, She's stronger than these other people, but she has a poker face, but she actually has a really dark history, you know, behind her. And and you kind of want to you kind of want to understand why she wears armor all the time and why she's so like poker face. Bonus round with John Paul Natisson. His
0: first day of school, he runs into Rika, who as I've already mentioned, currently has chunibyo. She's the girl in all the pictures with the eye patch. And, like, a lot of people, myself included, look at that and, like, Wow, that's really stupid. Another show with a girl wearing an eye patch. But, as I've already mentioned, that's the point. People give her shit for wearing this eye patch, because she doesn't need to wear an eye patch. In fact, under her eye patch is just her regular eye with a yellow contact. She calls it her wicked eye, and currently, her main objective in life is to find the ethereal horizon. And she does this a number of ways. Most of them are bullshit, like walking to different parts in a park at a certain time of night and staring at the moon. Or uh, She fights with her sister several times, and they animate that quite nicely. Because even though they're not fighting like this in real life... They, they animate it like it is a Magical girl series, like it's a Modica Magica kind of fight. And so that was one of the things that grabbed me early on that I really liked about this series. A3K panel with Sean Russell. Is there is something lost when you don't have to really work to find a good show, when you can just go onto a website and literally have every single anime ever created within a click? No because you know if you've ever had tapes of german dubs of sailor moon where the sound disappears when you fast forward them (laughs) definitely nothing has been lost but no i don't i don't mean as far as quality but i mean as far as your appreciation of finding that series because to me it's like it feels like there's just way too much out there for you i mean i think I I, I I watched a hell of a lot between 2003 and 2005 and I think you reach a point where you realise I think what you can then have a better separation of what was good and bad because in the 90s I was buying loads of VHS tapes and not all of them were good but I was just buying it because it was anime but now I've seen a lot of anime and I can pick and choose more yeah it's great I don't have to just consume the limited morsels put on my plate. See, I slightly disagree, because I felt back when I was recording them off the Sci-Fi channel, I felt that like they could just give me anything. They would be able to give me anything, and I would wake up the next day, watch it, and think it was the best thing ever. So, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but obviously you had a much harder ride than I did. So, I don't know. It- it's a tough one to call, because there's nothing wrong with ease. The, the- Ease should be appreciated, so... Yeah, perhaps I would have appreciated it less at the time if it was easier to find. Be sure to visit AnnieMay3000.com for daily audio and video programming.